Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast, where we talk about all things related to athletic performance, rehabilitation, and wellness. My name is Michael Falk, and I am going to be the host of today's episode, and I'm joined by Caitlin Moyer. Caitlin is a local fitness instructor, yoga instructor, and golf enthusiast that also runs her own communications and marketing business. She's helped many people around the greater Milwaukee area pursue their fitness or wellness goals, uh, especially related to golf, no matter what their skill or ability level is. I think you're going to enjoy this episode as Caitlin dives into some details surrounding how to get started with yoga and how yoga can be beneficial to any of your golf or wellness goals. Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. My name is Michael Falk, and I'll be hosting this episode. And I'm joined today by Caitlin Moyer. I met Caitlin last year at the practice station in New Berlin as she was working on an article about golf technology for the Wisconsin State Golf Association's magazine. Caitlin has a background in communications and marketing, and currently she teaches courses in those topics at Marquette and Cardinal Stritch, as well as running her own business. But Caitlin also has a passion for fitness, yoga, and golf, and has combined those interests um, as a certified personal trainer and yoga instructor that specializes in working with golfers. So, Kaylin, thank you for coming on today. I'm excited to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, you have a really, really interesting background, and I've loved talking to you every time we've had a, a chance to catch up. Could you give us uh, some, some background on how you got into golf, fitness, and yoga in particular? Sure. Yeah. So, gosh. Um, so I have the two kind of different career paths. I've got the communications and marketing, and then I've got the fitness, but I feel like I've combined them in what I'm doing now. So I was always interested in, in working in sports. I've always had a passion for sports. The only sport that I ever played was golf. Um, and I played in the high school team and whatnot, but I've always been interested in sports. So I knew I wanted to work in sports. So I spent uh, the better part of two decades working for the Brewers in different uh, marketing capacities. And I loved baseball. And now with my marketing um, and communications business, I work with a lot of different sports clients. It wasn't uh, setting out to be sports specific, but it's kind of happened that way just with um, my network and things like that. And, and it is a passion, but I have been able to transition more to golf and bring things in that way. So working with the WSGA, like you mentioned, I'm associate editor for their Wisconsin Golfer Magazine, where I, and I also write a column there. I've had a few features, which have been a lot of fun. I write for another golf website called stickandhack.com and then on the marketing side of things uh, working with a couple different tournaments as well but then as you mentioned I have that fitness component um, fitness has just always been a really big part of my life something that's really important to me and while I was still working at the Brewers I decided to get my yoga teacher certification and I, I originally didn't have any designs on teaching I just was practicing yoga for a really long time. I thought that was in taking my practice to the next level and that I could just advance, um, you know, personally that way. And I finally decided to do it. Um, most yoga teacher trainings, the way they do it, it's over the course of a year and you take one weekend a month and you dive in. Um, so with my schedule at the time with try traveled with the team and, you know, baseball's pretty long schedule. There was just never a way that I was going to be able to dedicate a weekend a month. So I finally 
um, decided just to go for it. And I went for an immersion experience in Costa Rica for the better part of a month. And I did that in January of 2020. So I snuck it in right before the world shut down, unbeknownst to all of us that was going to happen. And I, I still did not have any you know, thoughts that I would teach after going through it. I got good feedback. I did really well in the the uh, program and I enjoyed it, but I was still like, well, I'm still working in sports. There's, I'm never going to be able to teach, but at least I have more background now and I'm, something I'm still interested in and doing. And then the world shut down and baseball was on pause. And my friends were kind of like, you know, you have this yoga teaching. Can you do some virtual training for us? nice out now like we get outside and we're socially distanced can we practice and then I started getting feedback that you know I was a decent teacher and I I really did and started to enjoy it as you mentioned I'm also an adjunct professor so I kind of had that teaching um, inclination already I guess that kind of helped um, and then my career shifted and I started my own business. And with that being you know, more of a freelancer and kind of scheduling my own time, I was able to make time for the fitness aspect. So yeah. I... I kind of married everything together. And if you ever check out my website, it's like has both aspects of my business on it. But I think, you know, it's for me that getting out the um, energy and it's, it helps me with the creative process, actually. So it's a really... Uh, good marriage for for me. I, I'm a big runner. So if I'm trying to figure out a, a cool headline or um, a, a great social uh, media idea, I can go for a run and just like clear my head and focus on that or meditate on it through yoga. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. Um, I teach at a, a number of different studios and health clubs in the area. And then I work with the practice station in New Berlin. Um, if you follow their social media, I give a few little, so I started giving a few little golf tips um, for stretches and things like that. Um, I've hosted some yoga for golfers clinics there um, as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, one of the best parts about being an entrepreneur and starting my own business is just the time freedom to be able to decide the things that you want to do versus have to do and and not have someone else dictate your schedule to you. And um, similarly, I've been in team sports for before I opened this and uh, people always ask if I miss it. And there's, there's definitely aspects that I do, but every time I'm on the golf course on a weekend in August or September, I'm like, no, I I don't miss football season at all. (laughs) And did you travel for what you were doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I was on the, uh, you know, a small part of the Packers medical staff, mostly as an intern through college and, and then a couple of years after I graduated. Um, so yeah, I was, you know, busy from July through, through theoretically, hopefully February. Um, but, uh, I would, you know, I was, my wife jokes, I would shower at, t- at home one time during the season, during the bye week other than that, I was always at the facility. So Yeah, I thought I would miss traveling probably the most, but I've actually enjoyed being home. Like one of my favorite things is if like a neighbor sends a text, like I got a package. Are you home by chance? Can you go get it? I'm like, yes, I actually am. Or like last minute, someone's doing something and like, I'm actually there. I I missed out on so much. So I'm just embracing like being able to do like normal things. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. So I know that you're also a golfer and when we'd last met um, over the summer at the practice station, I know you've kind of really been using some of this newfound time to get back into the game of golf and really work on, on your game in a way that you hadn't been able to when your schedule is so uh, busy and, and crazy. So 
I'd be curious what the experience has been like getting back into golf and, and really taking lessons and working on your game over the past year or so. Yeah, I so I never really stepped away. I just with that grueling schedule, I never had time to practice and focus. So it's like any time I had that off day or you know a little time, it was like I'm not going to the driving range and working on my swing. I'm just gonna go play. Um, so I, I became a really good like scramble player because um, I could hit some really good shots sometimes, but stringing together a good round was you know not probably in the ca- cards. But um, yeah, really focused and I got new clubs. I took lessons. I, I did the assessment with you guys. I got fitted for a ball, like all these things, some things I didn't even know, like that were available. And I, the technology piece, I mean, when I played last competitively in high school, like I don't think rangefinders even existed. <laughs> so it's, it's changed. It's, and it's like crazy, just like kind of like with baseball that like analytics taking over a lot of different things. We have so much data available to us. So, um, and I love all that stuff. So it's really like easy to get distracted and like bogged down in those numbers. And especially when it comes to golf and there's so many like things to remember and think about. Um, so yeah, it, it was an interesting year. I don't, it's hard because I didn't really have a baseline to compare to. I never kept a handicap before, so I don't know exactly how much I improved, but I like anecdotally, I will say I I probably improved like greatly just because in the past, like just I played for for fun. So I might've shot a similar score than I shot this year, but this year I, or 2021 was legit like meaning like you know pick it up it's good or you know and I was like well no if I'm going to play a tournament like you can't just do that I have to cut out every single thing and that that's my goal for this year is working on my putting and improving my putting that was probably like the worst part of my game and it seems like such a low hanging fruit like I would shoot an 88 and have 44 putts that's half of my score I um yeah (laughs) so I I just and that and that's something that you know you mentioned it's cold here in Wisconsin these months we can't get out on the course but that's something I can work on and in the house and um that's going to be my focus because I feel like just shaving off some of those um strokes will will be huge so it was, it was an interesting, interesting year getting back into it for sure. Yeah. I think it's uh, really interesting what you hit on with some of the technology and the analytics. And it's like now with TrackMan and, and these other things, you know, it's no longer a guessing game, game on why you're missing a ball left or right. We know exactly why. And I mean, even when I was in high school, um, you know, the running joke around many average golfers is like the worst thing you could do for your swing was to like, go take a golf lesson. Um, and I think a combination of how much the instruction has improved since then. And this technology where the instructors aren't just having to watch your swing and make a guess at why you're missing. Like they can actually figure out why it is, has helped them be so much better where, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have also worked hard on my game and I've, I've in the last like four years, I've shaved, um, 14 shots off my handicap. Um, but it's, it's a lot of the technology and and working with people that know what they're doing. That has really made a big, big difference. Yeah. I'd be interested to see this year, you know, to keep working on it and now having 
last year's scores all logged and everything and all that data to compare to this year, I think that'll be where I'll see the biggest jump. Yeah, no, that'll be fun. Well, going through kind of the process of taking lessons and all that, have you found anything that's like really resonated with you that has helped you as you kind of work with clients in the yoga and fitness um, space? You know, I think I, you know, trying to understand the swing more and working on certain things myself. Now being a yoga instructor, I'm extremely flexible um, and very fit from all the other things that I do, but that's still, I still know I'm leaving like yardage on the table. So looking and studying a lot about um, using the ground force and like the the weight shift and all of that. And that's something I still struggle with. And like when we did that assessment, that like hip and and shoulder, the rotation stuff. Um, So I I don't, I I understand I'm more aware like of my own things. Um, Most of the clients that I see, it's, it's more of the range of motion and the flexibility aspect, or maybe it's just like the introductory to doing anything. Yeah. Uh, which is, um, you know, I think we're going to talk about a little more like how this, you know, golf fitness is still relatively new and more people are are coming to it, which is a good thing. But, um, and I think this is like a really good like intro point or a good supplement to a lot of people's routines. Yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, I think, um, you know, a lot of people that reach out with some to us, at least wanting to do something to help their golf swing, their initial, what they're looking for is initially like helping improve their range of motion. I feel really tight doing that. And I kind of joke that we'll, we'll start with that. And then I'll like gradually trick them into like, it feels like a stretch, but it's actually a strengthening exercise. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple months down the line, they're like, doing strength training, still doing some stretching, but it's like, I joke, it's like the gateway. Like if I can, mm-hmm. I can suck you in and get you bought in by like doing some of the stuff that we do that way. Um, so yeah, I agree with you though, that this golf fitness is, you know, used to golf fitness used to be like a four letter word. Like if you said golf fitness in the golf industry, you were kind of ostracized. Um, but on the PGA tour, you know, these guys are elite athletes. And I think we're starting to see this carry over to the recreational game where people want to play longer. Um, people want to not play with back pain, which is just something that previously has been like, my back hurts after I play. It's just the, the way that it is. Um, so it's starting to, to trend that direction. Um, so when you kind of see that new player that is is tight, do you have any specific areas that you see a lot of people struggle with? And um, that you work on early on in their programs a lot? a lot of the back and the shoulders. And, you know, one thing that really got me on studying, you know, the going the personal trainer route uh, was as I'm also a big runner and I had problems with my knee early on and come to find out it wasn't my knee. It was my glutes and it, that, you know, finding out with, you know, what you guys do, the whole kinetic chain and how everything is connected. So, um, you know, really focusing on activating the glutes. Cause that's like that source of that power right there. Right. And then the core really working on the core. Cause everyone can use more core strength and stability. Um, and I think, you know, the older you get to balance becomes more of a challenge and those are things that can be easily improved upon, uh, and, and worked on at, at home. So those are kind of the, the key areas that, that we want to focus on in the body, just like that core power center and then sending out from there obviously everywhere that 
the, the shoulders and the back, the common injury uh, places that with the, with golfers. Yeah, no, I agree. We kind of are um, like one of our core philosophies that most of our, that our staff uses like that proximal stability and control. So yeah, hips, core trunk is going to yield distal athleticism. And um, that if you're, um, there's a strength coach that works with a lot of baseball players that uh, his famous saying is that you can't fire a cannon out of a canoe. And uh, you know, if your core is not in control and all over the place and, and very unstable, you're not going to be able to use the ground, generate the power and, and move a club head um, really quickly. So I think um, I, I agree. That's a common, common area that, uh, that we see, see a lot. Um, specifically with yoga, obviously there's a lot of core stability and stuff involved with yoga, but are there, um, other carryovers from yoga that you found be really beneficial for kind of the recreational golfer? I mean, I think yoga is not only good for golfers, it's good for anyone. Um, you know, we can all use more flexibility, more range of motion. Yoga has been shown to reduce stress. Um, it can help with the cardiovascular, depending on, you know, how, how, the speed at which we're doing it, like yeah. one of the classes that teaches hot yoga, that's not golf specific, but that's definitely a faster pace vinyasa flow. Um, it, it's building strength in those muscles. Um, a lot of those, you know, like the chaturanga, the downward dog, and just holding poses longer. And, and like you mentioned, that core strength. Um, but then the other benefits too, like it, it helps you sleep better. It can alleviate some depression. It can help in weight loss. There's just so many different benefits. Maybe it's the, the mindfulness aspect and learning how to breathe better and to be more in touch with your body. And maybe you can channel some of those things when you're out on the course and you start getting stressed out or in your own head. I know like for me, I think a big part of my game is, is mental um, and just not overthinking things. So just slowing down, I use like a little breathing technique before every shot that just, so I'm not trying to be like, oh, I got to remember to do this with my elbow and this with my wrist. And like, I, I know that I practice that. Like, I can't be thinking of that when I'm in the round. I have to just like clear the mechanism, like uh is that for the love of the game movie with Kevin Costner and he's yes. pitching a perfect game? So I think <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. I haven't thought about that. I mean, I, I agree. I'm, I am definitely um, not a uh, yoga uh, level of flexibility, although I, I can continue to do it, but I enjoy doing it typically on like a, uh, for me, like a recovery day and in, in training um, it's something that I'll go to either like go outside for a walk or in the winter, a lot of times I'll, throw a mat down and, and do some yoga as a, as a nice recovery workout to restore flexibility and just chill out and relax a little bit in between those days, which is, which is really important. Yeah. I think the word yoga can scare some people off. Um, that's what I've realized in kind of, you know, trying to reach different uh, pockets of the, the, the audience, you know, um, if you call it more, you know, even fitness, like you said, was, used to be a four-letter four word for golf, but, um, you know, increasing your flexibility, your range of motion, you know, and, and explaining how that can translate into, um, you know, improving your game. You're going to gain power, you're going to gain distance, you're not, you're going to be able to alleviate some of that pain that you have, like, kind of have to sell it a little bit. Because I, I do think there's just like a stigma with like yoga, like you're going to go meditate and you're not really doing much. But like, I think once you get them in the door and they see it, then, then it's, you know, 
that that gateway and and then it's not a problem but i think sometimes that's the battle um, that you face yeah well i think just like anything else um and you can probably really speak to this um when we've had people and we've like made suggestions of, of that's something that they could try to go do on a off day or, or whatever. Um, they're like, Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not flexible enough to go do yoga. Like I can't do it. And I'm like, well, if you have like a really good yoga instructor, there's tons of like, it's very scalable. Like just because they're just because they can do this doesn't mean that you have to, they can help you if you work with somebody really good. And in that, and, you know, I'm not doing it because I'm not flexible. It's like a backwards way of thinking. Like you're doing it to become more flexible. You don't have to you know, be more flexible to do it. And I, I say it all the time. That's why I love yoga because there's always ways to increase or decrease the level of challenge. And I teach a lot of classes where there's just a huge gamut of experience and ages and all types of different people in the class. Like I do a community class at a local library in Rautosa. I've had moms bring five-year-old kids and I've had like 80-year-old senior citizens in the same class and we're all doing a version of the same thing, but you give modifications and you can use props and you do what you can. Um, so I think it really is for everyone. I don't think people should be intimidated. I mean, if it's your first time, maybe you're not walking into like a Bikram class and just, you know, with no experience and you're about, maybe you are, but, um, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. I think that's really good advice. And I just encourage people, yeah, don't, don't be scared. Give it a try, but like find, find a really good instructor, go somewhere that if you're nervous that you're going to be able to get those modifications or those helps, um, helpful tips so that you have a really good first experience and you're not, and then you're going to want to keep going and, and you're going to see improvement over time. And I have some clients that, you know, they want to have a private session and then they can ask as many questions and it is completely tailored to them. And that's a really good way to, to get that intro to, and even just, even if it's just one time to just learn a few different stretches that they can incorporate into a routine or if it's meeting weekly or bi-weekly or whatever, or I, I've hosted a few different workshops. So that's a, a small way of, you know, coming to something and in, getting an introduction to it, seeing what it's like, and then pursuing, you know, more regular practice after that. Yeah, no, I think that's really good advice. So you kind of hit on this a little bit, but it's something that um, we not struggle with, but always make sure we try to attend to whenever we work with somebody good or are out talking to people. And it's the idea of like getting people to buy in because um, my, my opinion, I'm like the, I could write the best program in the world, but if the client's not going to actually follow through on going in the gym and doing those exercises consistently, they're not going to get the outcome that we want. And so um, I'm always curious to talk to people, how, what are some of your strategies to try to create like buy-in around a new fitness routine or, or incorporating yoga or whatever that case may be when you meet with a new client? And I think it's, it's encouragement and figuring out what makes them tick. I think everyone's different. So some people want to be pushed. Some people need to, you know, or, you know, kind of like Jill Sargent D and then some people need, you know, want to be like, like I have a client that just like, 
just wants to chat like the whole time. We'll do the work that, but like totally just wants to talk about something else and not like focus on the exercise, like too, too much. Like they're still working, getting a good workout, but like there's a little distraction there, but then there's some clients that they come like to chill out. So we're working on, you know, more of the meditation aspect too. So it's, it's individualizing it. Um, but then for more like a general class, like I teach a a boot camp class at, at a gym and it's, trying to keep it interesting and fun, I think too. And, um, you know, a reason for people to come back and motivating. So I send an email to everyone that signed up in advance and tell them what we're going to be doing the next morning, um, and try to keep it, it fresh and exciting. And I throw in like theme classes and things like that, like, um, you know, Valentine's day coming up. So maybe my playlist is all about songs about the heart and love. And then, um, the workout is a cardio circuit type of thing. And I'll say, okay, you know, if you have any suggestions for the playlist, send them in, uh, wear red if you've got it. And, um, you know, did a, a veterans day, a military inspired workout, like those kind of things, um, that, that just, you know, kind of creates a community too, um, where people hold, start holding each other accountable and, or I, Oh, I don't want to miss that class because this is happening. Um, also I, what's worked is trying to kind of create, um, like a program that is sequential. So, uh, one of the things in yoga are these uh, energy centers and the chakras. That's not for everyone, but learning about these different root locks in the body. And so the color of this chakra is this color. And this is the gem that's associated with this. And it's all about heart opening. So we're going to be doing all heart opening poses. Well, there's seven chakras. So each week we're going to work on a different one. So I, I had uh, clients in the past or, you know, students that said, like, oh, I don't want to miss, like, I've been all like six, but I'm going to be out of town. Like, how can I make up the seventh one? You know, it keeps yeah. people like wanting to complete, complete something and uh, learn more about it. So just kind of trying to find a way to, um, to make it interesting and, and keep them coming back. Yeah. I think that's really fun. And that's not something, um, that I, you know, see a lot of people, people doing, um, or haven't previously, at least, like you kind of get like a free education as you're doing your workout. Yeah. And I like, I did around Thanksgiving, um, kind of a, a gratitude theme, um, which isn't super unique, I guess, but you know, different, it's an attitude of gratitude and that we'd have a different, um, meditation at the end of every class considering that the playlist was themed and just all about you know more peaceful poses being like a humble warrior and and things like that so so yeah I kind of it's because I think that's how I like I just like to keep things different and shake it up so um maybe some people just like that same old same old but it seems to work for a lot of the clients that I work with too yeah no I think that's great I think um you know, in our setting, we've had the most success with, and, and it's funny, like feedback, especially if we, especially just looking at specifically golfers, is it such a unique culture around golf? And like, you can tell, like there's people that play golf and then there's golfers. And, um, I've had a couple of clients that, that they just appreciate it. that like, I understand the game. So we can talk about their rounds last weekend. We can talk about, um, you know, what they're feeling in their swing, or I'll talk to them about their, what they're working on with their instructor. And I'll be like, okay, well, this exercise or this, 
stretch or this mobility that we're doing is helping with this thing that you just took in your lesson. And now all of a sudden it's not this like silly exercise that their therapist gave them, but it's like this thing that's going to help them with their ultimate goal of, of uh, playing better golf. And um, I think that's been, been interesting as well. Absolutely. That's why I clicked with you like the first time. So like, okay, I feel like I know exactly where you fit in in this piece of the puzzle, you know, between the instruction and between your own fitness routines and helping getting better and having that specialization and all the data and all that fun stuff. I also think there's like um, this bit of like gamification, like golfers, you know, with like the simulators and the launch yeah. monitors are all like a big thing. And now we have all this data and like the track man stuff. I think that that's probably what people really like about some of the stuff that you're doing in that, that way. And so I kind of use that on a smaller scale with some of the stuff I do too, you know, for planning a boot camp. like how can we make this a game or make it yes. fun? Yeah. We need to distract, we need to distract people and everyone needs to compete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I love that. I think that's a great great idea. Um, so if somebody wanted to work with you, what does what do what do sessions look like? Like a new client came in and and kind of how does that process go? Uh, yeah, so uh, like I mentioned, I'm at several different locations. So you can come take regular classes from me at the back or at elite, uh, tone body fitness, um, and get hot yoga. And then I have my own classes at the library and then they can also reach out to me for private sessions if they would like to. And then I have these workshops at the practice station and I'm looking to host them in other venues as well, but, um, just getting a hold of me and figuring out, we'll have like an initial conversation about what is it that you need? Like I had clients last year where we were, well, we're still kind of, we're in the pandemic still, but, you know, virtual needs. So, you know, maybe it's a Zoom class or something like that. I had one client where they were like, I don't have a lot of time, um, but I would like to just know some exercises that I can do. And I just made a video, like a YouTube video that this client can watch and they can call me with questions and things like that. So I'm pretty adaptable to different people's needs. Um, if you want to set up regular sessions or just like do, you know, once in a while, that kind of thing. That's great. I think it's nice to have, um, have options for, for people to engage with you in different ways. I like to find out, you know, what, everyone's goals are probably different too when they areas that they need to focus on. So if someone says, you know, I'm really, really tight in this particular area, okay, then your stretches are going to be different. You're still going to get that total body, but we're going to focus on a different, in a different way, or maybe attack a program in a different way. Yeah, that's, um, that's great. Okay. I want to shift gears just a little bit. And I want to talk about, you played a hundred holes for charity last year. I think for the first two Wisconsin. Um, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I'm going to, I'm going to self-admit on the podcast. I had an opportunity to play a hundred holes for a different charity last year. And I was like, that sounds like way too much golf, <laughs> way too much golf for me. So can you tell us a little bit about what playing a hundred holes was like? And then, uh, tell us a little bit more about the first two Wisconsin too. Yeah. Uh, first is a great organization, um, their mission, you know, to get, uh, to get out into the community and to focus on getting young people interested in, in golf at a young age. Uh, anyone trying to take up the sport in uh, midlife, it's, it's definitely doable. That's what I love about golf. It's a sport for life, but it is, uh, 
like anything that you younger you learn it, the, the easier it will become. So it's just trying to introduce uh, golf at a, a young age, coming into the school system, offering different clinics and things like that. It's an organization uh, that a, a good friend of mine uh, runs here, the, the Southeastern Wisconsin chapter, and I've known him for a long time, David Cohn. And um, I was on uh, their marketing advisory board and have done a lot of, of uh, things with them. So they had this challenge. They've had it for a few years and I've always wanted to do it. And it's always fallen during the baseball season. And I just, I've thought about it and I'm like, I, I can't get away. And then I was like, this year I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it. So I signed up and I didn't, I really didn't know how it was going to go. And, uh, like, well, you know, like even finish and everyone, uh, cause you raise money for the first tee and everyone that donated, um, was like, how, how are you going to do this? I'm like, well, I guess we'll just find out. <laughs> like, will you even, will you even finish? I'm like, people finish. I talked to them, you know, most people finish. So, um, it's, uh, it's the course is pretty much empty, uh, besides the people that are competing or, or playing. And I think there were maybe 12 of us that day that were out there and we each had our own cart. Um, some people were paired with other people, or you could be by yourself and you just kind of just went and you're not really doing it to keep score though. You yeah. could, um, there were a couple like really good golfers that were participating. And I talked to them and they said that they actually like pulled out every single shot and they, um, they were entering up every score from like six rounds that day, basically for, uh, their handicap and the handicap system was like, rejecting like, confused yeah <laughs> um, so um I I will admit I did not like pull out every shot but I had a goal to par every hole on the course at least oh. once over the course of the day. I did not unfortunately make it there was like a really long part four that uh stymied me and then um another hole that that tripped me up but um that was my personal goal and you know just trying to to keep moving and and to get it done and uh I played mostly by myself and then um David that who's in charge of first tee he kind of floated around he played a few holes with me and then I was almost done around like five o'clock I think we started at like sunrise six six thirty or something and it took me uh, till about five o'clock. And then, um, he was joining me and he was almost finishing. So I played a few more holes with him. And then I was like, so close to, uh, playing like six full rounds of golf, like 108 holes. Like I, I think I'm going to go just keep going. So I ended <laughs> up playing 108 holes actually. Wow. Um, and I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, like, if I prepared well or, or not, I didn't do a lot different. Um, I went and hit a couple balls in the range, but I had a feeling like that was probably, I didn't want to tire myself out really early. Uh, they had, they did a good job of having like, um, water and everything on different holes and, and drinks for you. And they brought lunch out to you. So you could just nice. keep eating and, and while you play. And then they had a nice dinner and everything afterwards, but it was a really cool experience. Um, I've also, been really interested in some of those like speed golf people yeah. uh, they're crazy uh there's a woman i think she played like 18 holes in like 30 minutes or something like that and she's like well, i have kids i'm busy and like i'm just that's my time i'm gonna go do it and um so it wasn't quite that, that fast <laughs> you're not running um but it was uh it was definitely definitely interesting i i, I think i played 
better. Like I said, I wasn't keeping full score. Like only if I had a shot to like make par in a hole, like a legit par, then I would like keep going. Otherwise, once you have like the bogey or the double, you're like, okay, pick up. But um, I think I did play. I felt like I got into groove and played a little bit better just because I wasn't having time to overthink every shot. And I was trying to get smart about it. So like on the par threes, if I knew like, oh, I hit an eight iron that time I was short, like then I already knew the next time I came to that hole, take the seven. Um, yeah. And that was ended up being, so my tournament that I was preparing for was, uh, at the same course and, but it was the month prior. And I was like, so mad that it didn't work out the opposite way. Cause if I had played that course, a hundred, hundred holes, I would have known because I actually played a scramble with my dad and we did horrible on the 18th hole. And, uh, that was, that was one where I, I needed to get revenge and, and par that. Uh, and I did par that one during That's that event, awesome. but, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. I highly recommend it. I think you should sign up this year and I, I, I probably will. I haven't heard when or where, but probably will. Yeah. Well, that's great. I, uh, I'm impressed. I, I think that's awesome. And, and yeah, the first two is a, a great organization. Um, I think anything that helps kids is, is amazing. So, all right. I want to wrap up with a, a quick little lightning round of just some fun questions. Your answers can be as short or as long as you uh, want them to be. So do you, have a, do you have a current golf goal that you're working towards? I have only broken 80 like twice. So okay. I would like to break 80 um, more consistently, I guess. I didn't, I don't, I didn't. Man, did not break 80 last year at all. Okay. So um, I would like to, to do that. That's a, that's a good goal. Um, do you have a, a favorite golf memory or a golf highlight in your uh, career? Oh, I have so many. Um, I was a personal feat. I had a hole in one. Um, nice. I was a freshman in high school. It wasn't in competition, but it was early on. Um, I was just actually looking at the scorecard. My dad had the scorecard from it. I shot 101 with the hole in one and <laughs> I had 34 putts. I'm like, I had just told you I had 44 putts and shot 88. So I'm like, man, yeah. <laughs> doing something right in the green back then at least. Um, but I guess if you have a whole one that, yeah. that and you yeah, subtract a couple on that one. <laughs> but but um no, that was really uh, a awesome feat. I mean, people love to have a hole in one. And then um I did get to go to the masters one year uh just for a practice round, got the lottery tickets and just to walk that course was just, you know, a golf fan's dream, everything they say it is and everything you see on TV. So that those two things are right up there. Yeah, that's awesome. I think the hole in ones are incredible. The my son partially has his name because of my hole in one. Actually, he. Uh, oh, what's that story? I I hit a hole in one. Um, it's actually the my first round coming back from the Tyler's Performance Institute certification. First, first round, ace one, <laughs> um, and it was the Sunday of the British Open that Jordan Spieth won. And when I hit it, uh, my wife was pregnant. We were actually going to hear our son's heartbeat like the first time the next day, uh, and so I told her I was like, "All right." If everything's good on the ultrasound, um, whoever wins the British Open today, we're naming our son after. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Jordan was already like in our list of names that we were thinking about. And so, and then Spieth won it. And so I was like, see, there we go. It's, Perfect. It's, uh, sold. 
So who was like runner up? I don't remember, but um, I think but, that was the Matt Kuchar um, okay. one where Spieth hit it over into the uh, okay. into the TV trailers and and had to uh, scramble to to win. He always it. keeps it interesting, doesn't he? Yeah, it's, never, it's never a dull moment watching him. If you're a Spieth fan, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. This is a very subjective question because everyone has best is hard to define, but best course you've played or course you've enjoyed the most? Uh, gosh, I I was thinking about that. Um, I played uh, TPC Scottsdale twice. Okay. So since waste management yep. uh, this time of year, um, that was cool. I got to play it once like kind of right after the tournament. So the stands were still up on par three. Um, so that was uh, a really neat experience that I've, you know, Wisconsin has so many amazing courses, uh, all the cooler courses. I played Aaron Hills like way before they, like right when they first opened. So before they even had um, the open bid, I think. And so that was a cool experience. And then to later see it become the open course. Yeah, that's awesome. And then next bucket list course that you want to play, what's anything on the list that you're going to try to knock off this year? I don't have, I don't, you know what, like I had, I went to um, Hilton Hat for the first time. My in-laws have a place there and my uh, stepmother-in-law is a big golfer and she wanted to take me to Harbortown and play. And I appreciated that very much, but I don't feel like my game is worth playing on a, a really great course like that. I know that's probably a bad way to, to look at it, but I don't, I feel like I wouldn't enjoy the round as much because I'd be like, oh, this, that that bogey was like worth this much of the fee or like I'm angry at how I'm, I'm not playing well. I'm not appreciating the experience. Like I like to go visit the courses and I like the chance to walk around and see them like whistling straights. Like I have not played the straights course. Okay. I'm like a little scared, but I love being there for the Ryder cup and seeing the course. So I, I would love, and actually I would love to go play somewhere in England um, or overseas in Europe. I haven't been to Europe. So, um, you know, St. Andrews or something like that. Yeah. But I, I would probably just like more honestly like to walk the course than to actually play there. Yeah, no, that, uh, that, that makes sense. I, uh, I haven't been overseas either. That one's on my, my list as well. Yeah. And we're, I, uh, my wife and I went to the Ryder cup as well. She had, she had the opposite reaction. We're there and like watching it and it's gorgeous. She's like, I think I really want to think I really want to play this. And I'm like, like, that's your reaction walking and <laughs> Seeing all the rough and all the cliffs, like you want to come back. To that? <laughs> uh, that's where we're going for anniversary next year. So, oh wow, well, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, so keep me posted how that goes. <laughs> yes, it'll be. I I played it once, so but this will be her first time, so it'll be it'll be fun. How was it? Was it cha- challenging as it looks? Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> at that point, I was um, I was still like a twelve handicap. So as a twelve, it's a tough tough track. I mean, you're not playing your own ball, many of the holes. Um, so I'm excited to go back now. Um, and theoretically I'm a better player. So, uh, we'll see if I enjoy it a little bit more now than I did, but playing places like that. I mean, the scenery is just incredible. Um, I, I mean, you just can't beat it. So it's one of those that you don't really care how well you play. It's just, you know, taking it all in and enjoying it. So but probably my favorite, I don't know if you've been up there yet, but just 
the most fun is going up to Sand Valley. Um, I've heard so many great things that, you know what, that, that should definitely be on my list with yeah. Wisconsin, Wisconsin golf affiliation for sure. I should now, you know, and go there. I, I would love it. I went to Century World. Have you been there? I didn't play. No. Um, went up north to your cabin over Thanksgiving. I was like, oh, I, we're passing through Stevens Point. I want to check this out. But um, they're famous for all their their flowers and that but that time of year I didn't get any of that. But I did get a really great Bloody Mary at their clubhouse. So. Nice, which is key. <laughs> That's the you know one of the key parts of any golf experience. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I that one's probably the next course in the state that I want to try to get up to is Century World. Now that I think they're taking tea times this year, so uh, I'll try to do that. Yeah, but, but Sand Valley was was amazing. Uh, yeah, I. It's the most fun that you'll ever have. I think like it's one of the few courses that you finish and you're just like, I'd, I'd go play again. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah. all right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope uh, everyone that's listening can has learned a little bit about yoga and fitness and golf and how those things can be incorporated, no matter what level of fitness or golf player that you are, that you can get benefits from these things. So People want to learn a little bit more about you, Caitlin. How can they find you and, and hear about what you're doing? Sure. Um, best way is probably go into my website, which is CaitlinMoyer.com. That's C-A-I-T-L-I-N-M-O-Y-E-R.com. I have everything that I'm doing marketing-wise, but then I have a whole fitness section so you can see where I'm teaching classes if you just want to pop in, where um, the next workshop might be, things like that. You can also check out the practice stations, social media channels where you'll see basically once a week, I'm giving a few tips and stretches so you can kind of get a flavor for what it's like. Um, but yeah, those are probably the best way. And, and on my website, you can also find links to my Twitter and Instagram and my email. So get in touch one of those ways. Perfect. We will uh, make sure we get those included in the show notes as well. So I really appreciate the time and thank you to everyone for listening and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.